So, Tyler, we've got uh, a brand new design in the shop that's got some special meaning to you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it and what's so special to anyone who might purchase it? Yes, thank you, Brett. We made a comment a few weeks ago about how Harley and his cronies of Joey and Frankie are sharks and how oftentimes Harley will smell blood in the water and will attack, uh, similar to what a shark does. In my family, uh, sharks are really special because our, our baby Oliver, who is in heaven, we relate him to sharks. It's just something that, that fit for us. Uh, we have a lot of shark things around our house and a lot of outfits that are shark themed. And so we thought it could be cool because during the month of may uh, which is his birth month we try to fundraise for a great organization that was super helpful for us and and dealing with our grief and and helping us through it and so thought it'd be cool to make some nice cool shark design that brett lovingly created for us any of the proceeds that we get from those uh, are going to go straight to the organization that helped us out called emma's footprints they help with families that deal with infant pregnancy losses so whether it's a few weeks into a miscarriage or up to about a year of child passing away, they are willing to help and support. If you are interested in learning more about that, uh, go to emmasfootprints.com. Really excited for that. I know I'm going to get one of these t-shirts, probably for the whole family as well. If you want a really cool t-shirt of Harley and the boys looking like sharks, I think it's going to be a short, short time amount that they're going to have them available. So if you don't get them now, good friends, uh, you may have to wait a year. Welcome back to Dad's Meat World, your weekly deep dive into that classic 90s show known as Boy Meets World. I am one of your two dads, Tyler. And I'm your other dad, Brett. Yeah, we were just uh, chit-chatting a little bit off mic about some parenting stuff that uh, we're not ready to talk about on air, and I think it's appropriate. It's just mostly that, I I bring that up only to say that sometimes we have things, parent-wise, that we're like, hey, we need to share this to just each other, but not to anyone who listens um yeah. <laughs> and so you know just just so everybody knows we're not always going to share every single thing that comes up in our lives just you know sometimes it's just we don't want everybody to hear everything yeah <laughs> but on the things that we can share tyler we had a band concert last night <gasps> Ooh, yeah yes we did the middle school band concert Always an interesting thing, middle school band concerts. I know you've had uh-huh. your share of them, both as a participant or at least as uh, someone in that age range, and I'm sure as a youth pastor. Uh, uh-huh. I've, I've done the same. Um, let's see. I've been around middle school band concerts, well, shoot, since I was a middle schooler. And uh, last night, uh, our, our school district was actually, we found out while we were waiting for the band concert to uh, kick off, we found out, and I'm going to bring it up here, that uh, our district was actually a recipient of an award. And if I can remember which app it's hidden in that the message was sent to me, uh, there it is. Our school district received national recognition uh, from the uh, honored with the best communities for music education designation from the NAMM Foundation. Our school district is is known 
for the uh, for its arts programs, but especially for its music. And so I say that to to let you, uh, our good looking people at home, know that we usually have pretty good band concerts and choir concerts and uh, musicals, marching band, all that fun stuff. And so my son is uh, actually in the eighth grade band and the seventh and eighth grade jazz band. So we got to hear some jazz band and some uh, traditional band. And uh, But uh, my brother was able to come up uh, after his work shift. He's a uh, semi-driver, so he was able to swing up after his shift and join us for the concert, and that was just a lot of fun. So uh, nice. yeah, enjoy some music for the evening, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Lots of musical enjoyment. Uh, how's, how's things in your neck of the woods, Tyler? Uh, they're going all right. Um, it just feels like we're getting into more and more chaos with every day, even though I feel like we should get less chaotic, but just feels like the chaos keeps ramping up. I'm a little annoyed, actually, because I'm missing like a couple of pieces that I normally have when we record. Um, <laughs> it just means now I get to be a little more flexible. But I started to uh, do some podcasting for my job. So that's been really exciting and fun um, mm-hmm. and actually have a co-host now for it, too. Um, the first guest I had, uh, her and I were going back and forth chatting and uh, eventually goes, wait, do you have a co-host for this? And I said, well, no, I was going to kind of like rotate through people just so that way no one felt tied to it. No one, you know, felt pressure to like do this long term, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, well, I could do it. <laughs> I go, well, I get that, but like, I don't, I don't want you to feel like you have to do it, but I could do it. <laughs> like, would you like to be the co-host of this podcast? Yeah. Awesome. That's the kind of co-host you want. One who wants to be there. Yeah, exactly. So and we've had good chit chats back and forth. So it's been really nice and enjoyable. Um, but she has, without me really saying too much of what it is, slash also like what, um, you know, the, the goal is, um, it just was nice because uh, the things that I didn't get to express to her of what my goals and visions are for this podcast for my job, um, she basically had that in store as well. Um, talking about having former uh, directors come back and interview about, you know, their calling to uh, said location and getting different people from the past to come back and talk and current people as well and, you know, inviting for stories. So awesome. Yeah. We even actually recorded in the church van. <laughs> <laughs> That's so not a bad I was actually uh, taking a crack at actually editing it today and I was like this is going to be a hot mess but this is a good first <laughs> test to see if this is going to be a thing <laughs> nice <laughs> so well, yeah so little little flustered I'm, I don't have my Dr. Pepper in me yet I'm going to have to pause at some point to go get that but <laughs> I'm uh, I'm ready to get into this episode alright well let's like a lamb let's dive right in then excited like Corey well, we're going to dive into episode Bad. 11 of the third of second season. I'm already diving into season three. I wrote it wrong on my notes. But uh, season two, episode 11, The Beard. No, Sean did not buy a beard. Corey discovers that he has the potential to be a ladies' man. Or, yes, I've got two synopses tonight because every now and then I peek at Disney Plus's synopsis. 
Or Sean gets Corey to look after a girl while he dates another one. This episode was written by Jeff Minnell, directed by David Trainer, aired on December 9th, 1994 originally, and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 7.7, almost a full point below our last episode from last week. You know, Brett, this is a, a good point for us to talk about real quick. Uh, I know we got to get into this episode, and I'm not I'm not delaying it this week. I, I really do enjoy this episode. Uh, so I think we're going to have a good, fun conversation out of it. But uh, Boy Meets World, outside of the first season, really should be on, like, Hulu. Um because it just it gets into conversations and subjects that I don't feel like most people they I think they forget what actually occurs you know mm-hmm. and, and in the name of you know trying to be inclusive and um, all those things they tend to not really represent well in descriptions of what's actually happening you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like every episode should be that Corey learns an important life lesson <laughs> about treating people better. Mm, there you, you go. Know. I feel like if every time I go through a description, I'm like, what the heck happened in this episode? Because this description <laughs> gives me nothing. Yeah. We start off in the Matthews household in the uh, kitchen. Guys, this is your mother's car. It is your mother's decision, and she will make her choice in her own good time. Hopefully while there's still fossil fuel on the planet. <laughs> Somebody look. Is she smiling? Yes. Uh, the guys come in because Amy is looking at cars because apparently they're looking at buying a new family car. And mm-hmm. the guys want to convince her to get a, a Ferrari because, you know, <laughs> Ferraris have a standard uh, SUV, minivan, those type of vehicles. Oh, of course, the Testarossa was very famously a family vehicle. Yes, which is funny very much so. You know, 30 years ago, it was all about Ferraris. Now it's the Lamborghini. Well, even uh, Teslas, too. Yeah, but people don't want Teslas for the sports car today. It's all about the Lambo. You don't have no, you I, don't have this Tesla in Fortnite, dude. <laughs> I'm just I was mostly meaning in the younger people. A lot of them would find the Tesla, you know, a a good option for them. Fair enough. If they don't hate Elon and forget that he's the one that created that car, um, because of it being, you know, environmentally friendly and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So there is. Part of it of, you know, how much does the truly uh, electric vehicle help save the planet? But that's for a discussion for a much smarter person than us. Yes. Fun fact, good looking people. I don't know how much it would help because we're still using fossil fuels to create all the electricity that powers it. Plus, those batteries are created with materials that are found in strip mines with child labor, child slave labor. Plus, they explode. But anyway. (laughs) Well, the good place makes it very clear that we're all bad. Yes. But anyway, (laughs) I I did enjoy how the boys were trying to convince Amy where they were all going to sit and how Morgan Uh was going to be like that little bobblehead dog that you used to see in everyone's car in the early to mid 90s. (laughs) 
and and spoiler for anyone who hasn't watched the episode yet which by the way why are you listening to us if you haven't watched the episode yet but mm. um morgan is not in this episode exactly. so i think we we've kind of established uh Almost like in every other episode, we'll have Morgan. We'll get a mention of Morgan, but we won't have her in an episode. We won't mm-hmm. have a mention of Morgan, but we'll randomly see her, and she'll have like a line or a small interaction with most likely Alan and Amy, you know, something super quick, and then move forward. Um, also kind of feels like that's how we have Topanga, too, a little bit. Yeah. There. But she wasn't phasing out, so thankfully... Angle, but don't worry. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, Alan is being helpful, kind of ish. Yeah, Alan's saying saying supportive words, but also not being supportive. He's trying to push this decision along, and the dialogue does does show Amy's been deciding for weeks. This yeah. is going to be apparently her car. But she's been deciding for weeks. And Mm -hmm. so Alan's trying to help this along. And, you know, he'll he'll explain why. But Alan is trying to be helpful. But again, Alan's trying to be helpful in his own way. Something we will see many times. Well, and I don't. I don't know about you, but I have once or twice been in situations where with my wife and I'm like, this is the thing we should do. And she'll look at me and go, I don't know. I look and I go, honey, this is what we should do. I don't know. And then eventually she'll just decide, sure, let's go with your plan. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes she'll look at me and go, you rushed me. You shouldn't have rushed me. If you didn't rush me, then we wouldn't we wouldn't be in this situation right now. So, yeah. And I mean, in, also in fairness of Alan and Amy, there is nothing worse than researching and trying to find a new car. It it for good-looking people who have never had to actually try and figure out what kind of car to get. It it's rough. Yep. It is. Well, cuz you got to figure out what car do I actually want to have? Okay. What car can I actually afford? <laughs> what car am I willing to have with the problems we can see? It's just, it's a nightmare no matter what we do. And to be fair to Alan, you know, this is going a little bit forward already, but he does want to help Amy. Mm-hmm. But I think it's in that. He's kind of he's he's at the end of his patience rope <laughs> and he's ready just to push like literally push her in the direction. Yeah, like a mother bird pushes the baby island nest. It's time to fly. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. so and it also would not surprise me if for about two months now Amy's been complaining about her vehicle and complaining about her vehicle mm-hmm. and Alan probably said to her well if you hate the vehicle so much let's trade it in let's get you a new car and that's been the cycle of for lack of better wording cycle of hell they've been in for the past couple of months <laughs> spicy already tonight <laughs> yeah. so I, I couldn't think of any other thing to say I mean, if you want to believe but that's fine but just <laughs> that could be more fun but yeah, so he, he kind of nudges Amy out of the kitchen. They, they 
she likes the van, not quite set on the colors yet. Take it for a test drive around the house. And I did clip this quote when she's at Lisa Kitchen. Alan's trying to give the boys a little bit of advice here. Well, gentlemen, were you taking notes? On what? On one of the subtle differences between men and women. See, we're men. We like to rush, 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 rush. You know, we just like to just do it. But women, they don't like to just do it. You gotta buy him a car first. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> really, I never said that. I oh, never the said amount that. Of trouble you can get into Alan Matthews <laughs> just with that very small slip up with your sons. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll allow it. It's 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 an off color joke between father and sons, and mm-hmm. yes, not in mixed company. Not the best. Not the best joke to make, but. I'll allow it. <laughs> no, I mean, it's funny still. But, but he, is, he is pointing out the differences. of Alan to go, well, boys, are you taking notes? No, he's not telegraphing what his storyline's going to be at all. <laughs> yeah. But, to, again, in fairness to Alan, this is another part of being a dad, mm-hmm. is you you feel so confident in, in a decision that you're about to make and, and how you're, you know, being a good spouse and a good father and you want to pat yourself on the back a little bit and... Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I can't wait for us to get to that (laughs) conversation. (laughs) But we get into the classroom, in the English class, of course. Mm -hmm. Where else are we going to go? And uh, we're learning about Hamlet. Ah, yes. Didn't we hear about him last year, too? (laughs) We did. That's like the only fun fact, quote unquote, I was able to find about this episode. It's like, hey, in this episode, (laughs) they talk about Hamlet. And last season, they talked about Hamlet. It's like... Thanks. Appreciate it. I I would love to see Mr. Turner's take on Hamlet since we saw Mr. Feeney's. (laughs) Yeah. But again, that's the problem with last season in comparison to this season of (laughs) what was the actual deal with this? How much of it are they actually reading? Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Fun, fun, fun. Um, But then... We have something interesting occur, Brett. We do. We've got some note passing going on. Yeah. We get a note passed to Corey, but it's actually intended for Sean. Sean. And Corey can, you know, I I like Corey's, what shall we call it? Uh, Hopefulness? Yes. Well, you can see how I was mistaken. You know, you looked at me and you passed it to me, but just mm-hmm. give it to Sean. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why you write the name of the person on the note when yeah. you anytime, hand it to somebody. Anytime notes were passed when I was in middle school, the one year I was in a public school system in middle school, or even in elementary school, which I was in longer. If notes were passed, the name was always on the outside of the note. So I I, I blame uh, uh, this is uh, Linda who's passing it. So I blame Linda for not properly addressing her note. Yep. In fact, let's talk about Linda here. Uh, we'll give her some uh, some of her props. Linda is played by Haley Johnson. This is her first and only appearance on Boy Meets World. And she has eight total acting credits on her resume. Uh, She's probably best known for her role as Haley on Kids Incorporated. 
She also appeared on Beverly Hills 90210, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, Smart Guy, Caroline in the City, and a few others. She retired from acting in 2001 and really got her break in Hollywood through her vocals, which is why the Kids Incorporated thing came along. That was her first big break. And so uh, she married another musician, and she'll appear now and then uh, on stage with him, but really just enjoying the retired from acting life, living at home, being a mom. Guess Corey wasn't enough for her. <laughs> no, it's almost like all these one-off girls, you know, eventually grow up and become a person. <laughs> yes, but that's not the only class Corey gets to be uh, the Pony Express, is it, Tyler? No, we uh, then go to history class where we're discussing uh, a young President Kennedy who's faced with a uh, seemingly impossible dilemma. Young President Kennedy is faced with a seemingly impossible dilemma. Mr. Hunter, what were his options? Marilyn Monroe or his wife? <laughs> you never disappoint, Mr. Hunter. Thank you. We'll have an interesting conversation about that whole topic later on. I anticipated um, it. <laughs> <laughs> but, Do I have uh, an yeah. the and desk then... or something? Yes, another note gets passed to Corey. He thinks it's for him and discovers it's also going to Sean. Now, yes. I got to be honest, this can't be the first time that a girl has passed a note to Sean through Corey, but this is the first time it's happened twice in one day. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Yeah. But then we get into probably one of the best conversations in this whole episode. I've never been so depressed in my whole life. No, I mean, two beautiful girls both want you, poor guy. There's got to be a hotline you can call. Of course, with your luck, a girl would answer and she'd want you. If I reject Linda, she'll get upset. And there is no way I would ever want to see a pout on those beautiful, full lips. Actually, it looks pretty good. Where do you see that? But, but, but what if I reject Stacy and she flips out, gets a sex change operation, and comes back as a really angry man seeking her revenge? Hey, I've seen it happen. Sean, just choose. I can't. Yes, you can. You did it lunch. When? When you picked meatloaf instead of chicken. How did you do that? Well, I couldn't decide, and then I saw you were getting the chicken, so I figured if I changed my mind, I could have some of yours. <gasps> She's back? <laughs> How do you know if you're having an idea? I, I like that. Corey's very snarky throughout this episode. Yep. There's got to be a hotline you could call, but with your luck, you, you'd get a girl, and she'd probably want you, too. <laughs> hey, one could say he's angry. Oh, he's very angry and very jealous. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, I will say, in fairness to Corey, I remember as a teenager when I still did not understand how to talk to girls and wouldn't understand how some of my guy friends who, in my opinion, weren't as good looking as me, but somehow were able to keep <laughs> getting all these cute girls to talk to them. And I just would never fully get it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, just I just love this back and forth of him trying to figure out what to do and, and going through of the positive back and forth between the two of them. And how do you... What about Debbie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. We'll, we'll get to Debbie. Don't worry. I clipped that. 
<laughs> but how do you know? And I love when Sean is just staring off and thinking about those. <laughs> I, I've got to tread a little carefully for the good looking people because I, 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 we, we do remember we are talking about seventh graders and Sean's dialogue for a couple of dads to be repeating here is. Uh, I, I understand. I don't think we should there. His, uh... But when Sean's talking <laughs> about thinking about the pout that Linda would have and he's staring off wistfully thinking about it and Corey's just completely uh, <laughs> he's oblivious. He's like, where? <laughs> it's just, when it comes back around and and he's staring off thinking he's got an idea and Corey's like, she's back? <laughs> Corey's yeah. just equal parts frustration and oblivious. And it's, again, that's some of my favorite Corey. Mm -hmm. no, I agree completely. Snarky, oblivious Corey is fun. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, Sean did have to make his decision. He had to make a decision about lunch. Mm -hmm. And uh, interestingly enough, he says... Uh, you know, I got this because I knew you'd get that. And then if I wanted a little bit of it, I just would ask you if I could have some. Yes. And that leads Sean to his idea. He's going to have Corey babysit yeah, one of the girls. He is a visionary. <laughs> yes. He's a sick and twisted individual. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm a visionary. <laughs> it can't work. It's foolproof. Oh, Sean, don't ever say anything is foolproof <laughs> to guarantee this boat won't sink. Oh, yeah. What am I, Tupperware? <laughs> I, I like the analogy Corey draws him to, as himself to Tupperware, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, I love the fact that here we are 30 years later and Tupperware is still a thing, too. <laughs> yep. Although apparently it's on the decline is what I found out uh, for an, from another podcast. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Apparently uh, we're right around uh, Lincoln's birthday because uh, that's all Corey's really got on his calendar. Yes. His calendar is going to need some new pages very soon. And uh, uh, so he's hesitant. Cinco de Mayo is coming up too. Yeah. Yeah. Cinco de Mayo. Although this did air in December. So... <laughs> The, the Boy Meets World Universe yeah. calendar is very wonky. So, but, Yeah, well, uh, they keep referring to themselves as seventh graders, and then somehow in three years they're seniors. So make <laughs> sense of that as you will. Um, yeah. So I do like that Corey's like, hey, how about the next girl you see? That's the one you, you should go out with. So, Sean, just choose. Which one am I babysitting? Meatloaf or chicken? <laughs> okay. Whichever one comes up to me first, I'll go out with her because that means she likes me better than the other one. Hi, Sean. Linda. Linda, congratulations. <laughs> For what? For looking very lindacious today. Is that enough? Not for me. Call me. What was that all about? I thought she was the one. I don't know. I panicked. I can't decide. Fine. You know what? You take Stacy. I'll take Linda. No, I want Linda. Fine, then I'll take Stacy. No. Sean, you're being greedy. No, I'm not. Fine. I'll go out with Debbie. I want Debbie. There is no Debbie. 
Somewhere there's a Debbie. Now, Brett, did you uh, in high school or middle school have a slightly selfish uh, friend who was a little uh, unwilling to share? Mm. Honestly, not that I can remember. Um, no, not really. I mean, not not to make it sound like I, I grew up in some utopian society in middle school and high school, but I grew up in the boonies in middle school, and we were all pretty, you know, we, we all pretty much shared everything we, we had. And by the time I hit high school, I mean, it was, uh, most, of the, most of my friends were uh, from my youth group, and, you know, we practiced what we preached. So, I mean, if, if we, if someone needed something, we, there wasn't a whole lot of, ego that i remember um right so i don't really have any selfish really selfish friends that were at sean's level in those great ranges they remember what about you I tyler get or were college you, was pretty rough on you i get were it. you the, the <laughs> selfish one <laughs> i was not the selfish one thank I, you very much i did much. have some really selfish roommates the first two years of college that were a horrible experience but <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I Okay, so I was thinking about this question asking you, and I thought, well, you always have to make sure you share if you're willing to ask a question, Tyler. <laughs> and I was thinking about uh, two friends of mine, and I can't remember when this conversation happened between the one, um, but we had gone to the drive-in movie, and I can't remember if he was with somebody, if I was with somebody, or if there was a time we were both single, or he was kind of having a weird tiff with his girlfriend i don't know for sure exactly but i remember like we had dropped her off and he was going to drop me off and he goes yeah i think i like that girl that we were just with the girl that's been both our friends for a really long time i think we may date and all i could think to myself was well you can't like her because i like her (laughs) and then neither one of us dated her (laughs) because we were both selfish and dumb but neither one of us really confessed our feelings to her and then she met someone else married him and then they're still together so kudos to her i can't tell you i was inadvertently sean i guess when kelly and i first started dating one of my very good friends in college uh was interested in her romantically and um I had to break the news to him when we started dating. Um, thankfully, it didn't. I mean, it didn't break our friendship at all. Uh, we were mature enough that that didn't damage us at all. And I, I mean, we've since. I mean, we're 15 years removed from college, but uh, almost 20 now. Uh, and he lives in an entirely different state and different part of the country, and we haven't seen each other in years. But um, I do still chat with him here and there on Facebook, but. I did have that type of a situation before, but not to the same extent as Sean and Corey do here. And as we all know, middle school relationships end in marriage. <laughs> yes, we do. We do learn that from uh, Eric this week. Um, did you say, did he say stuff like she's a woman and I got to lock her down before someone else swoops in? And you're like, I did. No. <laughs> did your friend? <laughs> We're, we're far away from that episode. I can't wait before, for us to talk about that uh, glorious episode. Ah, uh, yes. But yeah. Um, Debbie. What about Debbie? <laughs> Why is anybody interested in her? Sean's interested in Debbie. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, the funny thing is, is I guarantee you there's probably at least three Debbies at that school right this moment. So probably I'm sure Sean found a Debbie after this episode is over. Of course he did. (laughs) Ah, yes. Um, Uh, But before we get too (laughs) before we get too far, uh, I I shared about Linda. Let's share about Stacy because we'll we'll see her again. Stacy is played by Molly Morgan, and actually, this is Molly's second appearance on Boy Meets World. I did not bring her up the last time she was on because. she was Jacqueline and very briefly appeared. She had like one line uh, in pairing off the second episode this season, but I knew she'd be coming back and had a much meatier role. Jacqueline or Jacqueline. (laughs) And that was her role. (laughs) Molly (laughs) has uh, 40 uh, credits to her name, including some upcoming projects and uh, is still acting currently. You uh, very well may have seen her in some other projects like, uh, in the 80s, Highway to Heaven, Alienation, Night Court. Get into the 90s, we've got Step by Step and Full House. Step by step, <laughs> day by day. Uh, the Clueless TV series, and Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. So we've got a bunch of uh, uh, TGIF connections there. But uh, more recently, she was also dropped into Two and a Half Men, Bones, Dexter, two different characters on The Big Bang Theory. And uh, Really? Yes. Uh, do you remember, I believe the episode, we're going to get really nerdy here for about 12 seconds here, good looking people. Do you remember the episode, I believe it's the Gothowitz Deviation, where Howard and Raj decide to go goth? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yes. She is Bethany, one of the two goth girls that they meet at the club. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> um, I believe she's the one that uh, is trying to convince Howard to get the tattoo. So interesting uh so yes that is (laughs) stacy yes that is stacy and uh yeah so uh she dated sean and uh howard for you know about two hours well i mean i gotta say that both linda the actress of who plays linda and stacy both of them do a really good job this episode they really do um and i'm kind of disappointed that they don't become a character like, mm-hmm. at least run into them in the hallway. Yes, I would have loved to have seen both of these two ladies be more recurrent. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm gonna say something positive about Girl Meets World for a second. So, hold, 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 hold the phones. I'm holding on to my desk. <laughs> the one, one of the things that they do a really good job in Girl Meets World is a general. Like every single episode, you see the same kids in their classroom. Mm-hmm. So whether they're not seeing the whole classroom or whatever, we're at least seeing the same consistent half of the room. Mm-hmm. And there's certain people that will get lines, you know, on occasions, a little bit more meaty here and there. And sometimes they will have their own little storylines that are going on that are mostly offhanded jokes but you know there's a consistency with those kids and i do appreciate that yeah are they written to be real kids no but (laughs) but the faces are there so the characters are there (laughs) correct all right and so we get to see frankie and joey (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. They've, uh, they got to make sure they clear out their locker real quick. <laughs> uh, yes, because it's Friday. <laughs> and they just uh, love making making people happy. They do. They do. And, yeah, I just love that. It's, it's a moment. And there's no Harley. There's no blood in the water this week, so there's no Harley. Well, and that's the thing is, where's Harley? Har- Harvey's not here. What's the deal? <laughs> I, I just interpret it as there's no blood in the water, so there's no need for Harley this week. Yeah, or it was Friday and he'd already cut out, and they he did cut out early, and it was just time for them to unload unload their lockers. So, well, and okay, so eventually we're gonna have to break down of Harley and his actual backstory and uh, how old he truly is and all that jazz. We just don't have time for that right now. My other, but th- <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say that. The thing to think to consider for him is, depending upon how long he has been a senior for, how often is he actually showing up to school? Very true. And if he isn't actually going to classes, why is he actually there? So mm-hmm. it's just a big, big hubbubaloo, I guess is the only yeah. way I can phrase it. <laughs> and, and depending on the production order of this series... As far as episodic air date, this does fall after Sister Teresa. Uh, Production-wise, it does take place before Sister Teresa. But since it airs after Sister Teresa, in my head canon, he learned something from Corey last week. He's probably spending some time with TK. Uh-huh. And Joey and Frankie just have the day off. <laughs> oh, she was the friend uh, who starts smoking. Okay. And... Uh full house interesting oh okay <laughs> the girl from the escape room okay okay interesting very interesting okay I'm done anywho <laughs> do it your own IMDB deep dive over there well, I, I try not to hop on, mostly because I enjoy just those little bits of like, hey, they're in that. That's exciting. I'm like, I need to know more right this moment. <laughs> All right. So, uh, oh, so we, we kind of shift. We? Uh, we're going we're gonna to move down the hallway a little bit. Or we're going to uh, do a little bit. Hey, Roy, come here, quick. You got to see this. Some guy's making a major fool of himself asking out this girl who's totally not interested. Oh, wait. It's you. Corey is really sassy. <laughs> yeah. Er, uh, you know, Corey has used this type of sassiness, sarcasm at home with Sean. Mm-hmm. This is the first time he's really using it on somebody who's not a friend and just mm-hmm. like really trying to prove a point. Yeah. And Roy knows who he is. He calls him Matthews. So interesting this is just a couple weeks after Corey was the amazing lipless but Corey's point stands <laughs> uh-huh. in yeah. time I'm sure um, she'll get over it <laughs> can I just say this kid definitely looks like he's like four years older than Corey yeah but let me tell you about <laughs> this kid Roy is played by Josh Keaton this is the second time he's been on Boy Meets World. And this is another cat that I have not shared the first time he was on. He was boy number two in The Uninvited. I don't know if he even said anything. He has 260 plus 
acting credits wow. in his IMDb. Wow. He appeared in Sister Sister, Step by Step, Baywatch, Step by Step, <laughs> Will and Grace. But he has primarily done voice acting, and he has voiced characters such as Linus Van Pelt in uh, some newer Peanuts, Young Hercules, Harry Osborn in a bunch of Spider-Man projects, Peter Parker in the Spectacular Spider-Man animated series, The Flash in Justice League Crisis of Two Earths. Hal Jordan in the Green Lantern animated series and in Justice League action. Ant-Man in Avengers Assemble. Captain America America in the Marvel What If series. Black Spider in Young Justice. And a buttload of video games. A bunch of Lego series, SOCOM, StarCraft, Skylanders, Arkham Origins... Marvel, Spider-Man video games, and uh, so much more. Take some time on this dude's uh, IMDb. IMDb, you will be impressed at how much he has done. Yeah, I bet he and Will Friedle have been on similar projects in the past. Probably. <laughs> well, it's one of the things that uh, you know, like Will Friedle has opened up a lot about how, like, as much as he enjoyed being Eric. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the roles he had when he was younger, like just the freedom he has to walk into a booth, act, but no one's seeing him. Like he just really enjoys that. Mm-hmm. Or at this point, if he has his own personal studio at home, he records, he acts, and then he just sends it in. Yep. Before we forget, there are a lot of <laughs> legendary voice actors out there who are phenomenal voice actors mm-hmm. and do not get the credit that they deserve. Oh, so many. <laughs> I guarantee you, everyone at home has heard Tara Strong's voice in one or 12 projects. Yep. You've probably never seen her face. Yep. Yep. Oh, she's huge. So, anywho... Um, we go from Corey um, defending her to, you know, Corey talking his way into somehow taking her to Chubby's. Yeah, he's uh, he's being all smooth and trying to explain how Sean's not avoiding her. He's just shy, even though Sean walks in mid-conversation and very blatantly avoids them. Um, uh-huh. And she just kind of picks up on Corey's, picks up what Corey's laying down and misinterprets it as Corey being the one who's flirting with her. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair to her, though, I wouldn't. He is. I don't blame her. <laughs> right. The, the real the real annoyance is that, you know, after them essentially having a date that he calls him her his girlfriend and then she ends up hanging out with Sean like two days after that. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what the actual timeline is and all this jazz. It but gets like, a little fuzzy this time. <laughs> it, it does. It gets real complicated. But yeah, so <laughs> Sean seems all nervous, walks away from her. Corey seems real calm, cool and collective. So they're going to Chubby's. Yes. And I I find it interesting. We finally get some sort of tear breakdown. Chubby's 
used to be a dive. Now it's a rat hole. So I'm trying to figure out, is this a step up or a step down? <laughs> because in my in my head, that's a step down. That should be a step down. Yeah. And based on our new chubby versus the last time we saw someone called chubby, it, it, it matches with what's in my head. Yeah. But I mean... I don't know. Uh, we're gonna cu- we're gonna get a couple more different chubbies over the course <laughs> of time period, yeah, and have it be what it is. But yeah. maybe it's just like Ron Swanson, you know? Like there's just a bunch of guys named Ron Swanson, so maybe there's just several different chubbies, and you know, just depending upon when he's around, which one is around. That's it's either a dive when that person's there, or it's uh. <laughs> Could be. Well, this chubby is played by John Capadice, uh, Capadice. I'm not sure on the pronunciation. So, John, if you ever hear our podcast and I have butchered your name uh, ridiculously, I do apologize. Let me know. Uh, yeah, come this, on and talk about your experience. Yeah, let us know. This is his first and only appearance in Boy Meets World. This is the only time we'll see this particular chubby. Uh, he has 156 plus acting credits on his resume. Uh, his career spans 78 to 2020. He hasn't been seen since on screen. Uh, he's in projects uh, ranging from Spencer for Hire, Murphy Brown, Gremlins 2, Seinfeld, Blossom, Melrose Place. Uh, he's been in NYPD Blues, Speed, Independence Day, Will and Grace, The West Wing, CSI. I probably recognize him most as Aguado from Ace Ventura. Homicide. <laughs> And a lot more. So check his IMDb out. It's it's not as uh, not as uh, uh, full as Josh Keaton's, but it's still pretty full. It's still pretty good. Yeah, I gotta say, um, I know we haven't met all the different versions of Chubby yet, but I think he's my favorite. He's definitely the most memorable. <laughs> he has mm-hmm. the most character. <laughs> yes, like. If you're going to name a restaurant after yourself and your nickname, you got to be a little on the obnoxious side. Oh, yeah. He's definitely a Jersey guy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, Corey, so yeah. Corey shows off how to order from him, too. Yes. I clipped that. Apparently, this is the way that everyone has to order. Yes. Exactly like this, or you don't get fed. He's going to turn around and raise one eyebrow. He will not speak. He'll have a two-second window to order. You say, turkey, chubby. He'll wipe his nose. Then you say, with everything. And he's going to look at you real hard, like he's making a decision about you. If he asks what you want to drink, you're in. You're set for life. I'm so glad you're here. So am I. Because uh, now I can tell you that Sean's the one who's talking. He's starting to turn. Turkey, chubby. (laughs) With everything. To drink? What do you recommend? Soda. You got diet? Yeah. <laughs> Half the calories. I love that joke so much. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I don't know that I've ever willingly stuck around in a rat hole, but some of the dives I've been to have had some of the best food. Mm-hmm. Down the street from our college was a bar called Little Joe's. Um, I don't know if it's still there when you were there. But um, if you're ever in Beaver Falls, 
There was this bar called Little Joe's. Hashtag not yet a sponsor, but I'm willing to sponsor. Let, uh, willing to give you a sponsorship if you send us uh, something. My friends and I, we, we lived in a house that was on campus. It was technically like a frat, but not a frat because we didn't have Greek life. But we were, our, we were our own house. There were nine of us in the house. And uh, we'd go down there once a week because they had... Uh, like quarter wing night. And these wings were really sizable wings. This is before supply chain issues and before all of this fun stuff we deal with today. But then this was, you know, a hole in the wall bar basically, but these were delicious wings. <laughs> you know, if you can find a good hole in the wall bar that has good food, it, it's delicious. Uh -huh. they, they know what they're doing, but, Rat well, hole, if, I don't know. if you think about the original Primani Brothers, mm -hmm. it's essentially a hole in the wall <laughs> yeah. restaurant that just makes real good sandwiches. Mm -hmm. And how much do you it's love their sandwiches, bar. Tyler? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> they end up sitting down. I'm pretty sure Linda, does Linda say she's not sure if she actually likes turkey? No, that that is um, no, it's Stacy. Yeah, it's Stacy. Right, but uh, yeah. So Corey goes to sit down with Linda, and Linda goes, "Hey, why don't you come sit by me?" She's very fresh. Yes, not that again. I blame it, her. Corey was laying it on pretty thick. Right, Corey was was flirting with her. Mm -hmm. Corey does not realize he was flirting with her. Yes. Very um, much so. so she in return flirted back mm -hmm. and wanted to sit by her which you know i remember being young before being married and being like yeah gotta sit beside your you know the person you're <laughs> dating you have no choice yeah that's that's the rules eventually you realize having more room in your booth is a lot nicer my, my wife and I will still sit by each other in the booth if it's a nice long booth. There's a few restaurants around here that will do that. Yeah. Um, but Corey's still trying to uh, promote Sean and get her attention to Sean. Mm -hmm. And then uh, well, apparently Corey starts making a move, even though Linda clearly <laughs> is the one that kisses him. I'm glad you saw that, too, because she clearly goes in for a kiss that he was not visibly setting up mm -hmm. and then says, I can't believe you did that. In what world did he do anything? <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, I will say... It wouldn't surprise me if in the script, Corey is the one that kisses her. Mm -hmm. But in doing the episode, if on the day they said, hey, what if she's the one that kisses? And then we just act like he did. Like, it, you know, those type of things happen on TV shows where they film something, it doesn't fully fit, but no one's paying attention, so who cares? We leave it in an editing. It's also possible she was just playing coy. Oh, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but either you know, way, all a of kiss it, has been All kissed. of it is, <laughs> is weirder than it is normal. <laughs> yes, a kiss has been, has been kissed, and then... Oh, boy! <laughs> Sean walks in. Oh, boy! <laughs> yep. 
Now, Brett, we get to probably one of the most interesting scenes in the whole episode. <laughs> Alan has a lot of, uh, let's go with ego. He's got a lot of ego right now of, uh, yes, he does. He knows exactly what's going to happen. Let's hear it from Alan's mouth. Boys, remember our little talk we had yesterday about women? Yeah, listen, on that subject, I could use some advice. Glad to, son, but first, admire the wonder that is me. Remember yesterday I explained how women are creatures of process? Men, on the other hand, are creatures of action, and I, being a man, have taken action. Amy, sweetheart, darling, could you come down here, please? Now, watch how she jumps up and down and throws her arm around my neck with gratitude. Hi, honey. Hi, darling. You know how you hate those pushy car salesmen who call you little lady? Yes. Well, such is my love for you that I've saved you from that. You just step right over here, look out the door at your brand new, fully loaded 1995 minivan. Alan, did you buy that? Yes, I did. So we own it? Yes, yes, this is not jumping here. This is not what I wanted. Well, yes, it is. It's green, beige interior, just like you said. I I ask the guys. Corey, Eric. <laughs> oh, thanks. I can't believe you did this. You said you wanted it. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. You could see yourself in it. Remember, you were driving and camping and with the kids and smiling at your husband. Jump, jump for the boys. We were talking about a car, and you just went out and bought it. What is it with you men? Rush, rush, rush. It has cup holders. Why don't we talk about this in the other room? Oh, you wanted some advice about women? Yeah. So do I. Hoisted on his own petard, eh? <laughs> yeah. Just a little too sure of himself. <laughs> Gaze on. <laughs> how, how does he? How does he phrase that? <laughs> oh, he is very, very confident in his plan, and in on paper, it's a solid plan. Because in his head, uh -huh. what he has done, Amy has told him she likes the van. She wants the van. She's settled on the van. She has clearly told him what colors she wants. On paper, she's told him everything she wants in the car. So in his head, it was logical to go ahead and remove that, that next step of that tends to be stressful for her because, uh, well, I don't know if you good looking people have ever been to a dealership. Dealerships tend to be very high pressure because most dealers, most car salesmen work on commission. If you don't sell the car, you don't make money, um, Yep. especially back then. So they tend to be very pushy, and especially if it was a woman shopping, very condescending. And uh, so Alan was thinking in his head. I eliminate this moment of stress. You've already spent the last couple of months stressing over what kind of vehicle. You told me what you wanted. I'm going to go get it for you. I'm going to help you. In his head, that's an ideal, perfect plan. Uh -huh. Clearly, he missed something, though. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the exact phrasing is, but first, admire the wonder that is me. <laughs> 
I need to clip that and keep that on my soundboard. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Um, uh, here's what I'll say. I, I do agree with you that he tried to solve a problem, but in doing so minimized his wife's agency is what I think she's attempting to communicate of you took away my opportunity to go and drive it, see for myself if that's what I actually want. Mm -hmm. You pushed me, you rushed me, you know, how dare you? Yes, I agree. I don't think he's wrong. I, I, yeah. um, I don't know about you, but the last, well, every time I've bought in a vehicle at this point, um, it always makes me giggle because our salesperson walks away to go speak to the owner or manager, whoever you know has the rights to the vehicle, and they're supposed to pitch and make the deal for us and then come back. And I often sit there and I'm like, how is it possible that the person who's going to make money off of the sale of the vehicle, why are they the one that is representing us to go and ask for the pricing and all that jazz? And I swear every single time I go, no matter what they go, gosh, we'd have the lowest sale prices possible anywhere in this area. So we're, we just can't go any lower than this. <laughs> And I'm just like, I feel like all this is a scam. Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of stories they can tell. Legally, they can tell all kinds of stories. Yeah. I had to throw that oh, legally well. in there. <laughs> yeah. That's all part of the complication of all this jazz, too. Yeah. So, anywho. Alan and Amy walk out. Corey explains his dilemma to Eric. And, uh. Okay, I'm up for a laugh. Let's hear it. Eric wasn't going to yes. listen at first. I, I do love that he says, uh, you know, some people think I'm dangerous. Like who? Grandma. Not just grandma. <laughs> Corey is very oddly, almost concerningly proud of the fact that grandma thinks he's dangerous. <laughs> uh -huh. Now, this could be Alan's mother. Most mm -hmm. likely not. Probably uh, Amy's mom, who we, ne we never meet. I'm thinking Amy's um, mom. <laughs> yeah. Now, maybe this is actually in reference to Nana Boo Boo, who you know, is grandma-like, potentially. I don't mm -hmm. know. We also go back and forth on who Nana Boo Boo actually is. But, yes. Or who's, who is she Nana to? Um, <laughs> but, you know, at this time, Nana could mean grandma or could mean... You know, Great aunt, grandma. So who knows? But all I know is that one of his grandmas thinks that he's very dangerous. Mm -hmm. And who else thinks he's dangerous? Linda. <laughs> yes. But he tells him that uh, he kissed her at Chubby's mm -hmm. on the lips. Where? Chubby's. No, on the lips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Eric is proud of his little brother mm -hmm. it makes it good that he's no longer back. safe and that's yes. a good thing to be he's no longer tupperware he went yeah. behind his best friend's and you gotta back. wonder about uh eric and his best friend jason's relationship and if there's points where they're not really talking to each other because one of them mm -hmm. is dating someone who they previously dated based on a 
the fact that Jason went right to Desiree after Eric dropped her. B, the fact that we haven't seen Jason in weeks, months, episodes here. And C, Mm -hmm. the fact that Eric is pretty much proud of Corey here tells me that he and Jason have very likely done this to each other. Yeah. Plus what Jason will do to Eric later on. <laughs> yeah. Now, again, this is where the whole I got annoyed a couple weeks ago because we were talking about Corey and Topanga dating. This is an episode where they have one kiss and now it's Linda is his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. maybe that just means that it's a girl who he's friends, like a girly friend. <laughs> And they have smooch, so if they're going to see each other again, they're probably going to smooch again. But, like, you know, if someone has the title of girlfriend, it means something. My girly friend. Yes. (laughs) Sorry, once I hit the button, I couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. I do like that he goes, I got a girlfriend who I can kiss on the lips whenever I want. If she's okay with that. It's okay with her. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. But, yeah. He, he, but yeah. he does kind of break a bubble. Eric just has to break that bubble of, of happiness course. he has. He has Unless to. He break, she, uh, Sean breaks up with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. That could that, that can't, can't happen. Go. It could happen. It could well, you have to choose your girlfriend or your best friend. I don't want to choose. Every time I choose, it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that is life, is making choices and living with those choices. Mm-hmm. So what happens if Sean breaks up with Stacy? Yep. I just love that we go back to the classroom for just a few minutes and... <laughs> Corey has an outburst. <laughs> the, the parallels Mr. Mr. Feeney is drawing. <laughs> Mr. Feeney is drawing parallels with JFK and his first real uh, real tests in office. And Corey is drawing that parallel to himself, and he has that outburst. Mr. Matthews. Yes? Put your head down. It's nap time. <laughs> I will say I have done something similar to this in, in in my lessons if someone is just out there I'm just like hey look at me just shut it down go close your eyes just mm-hmm. nap time we're calling it here <laughs> oh, I love that so much yeah Put your head down. It's nap time. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. And Sean and Stacy out in the hall clearly uh, have very little in common, especially in their taste in movies. <laughs> yeah, apparently, she just doesn't want to see another movie with someone's head getting blown up. And he doesn't want to see a romantic foreign film. It's like they're not even trying to speak English. <laughs> right? I mean, gosh, hello. You gotta have English in your foreign romantic films. I know. And Corey hops in. He's trying to help. By the way, you're an idiot. And, you know, <laughs> they, uh, I love that. He's got a hand around each one. Sean, Stacy, Sean. By the way, you're an idiot. <laughs> 
and you know that's not working. Stacy walks away. Look, there's no one there. <laughs> I, I will good say, good thing I've got Linda on deck. Yeah, season two, Ben Savage is really finding his groove as an actor. You know, getting outside the mm-hmm. world of the show. He's he's really finding his groove. I, I love middle school, middle school, high school. Ben Savage is really fun. So Sean is Sean is just glad that uh, this is over and Corey has uh, been good Tupperware and kept Stacy safe for him. Mm-hmm. He's done a good job. He's been a good friend, a reliable friend. Nothing has possibly gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> dun dun dun. Mm-hmm. I, I do. You, did you clip the uh, conversation between Sean and Corey about how he's getting nervous and sweaty? I did not. Uh, oh, yeah. it's all right. It's, so it was Corey, just too visual for me. Pointing at Sean, and he's like, "You're getting nervous. You're getting sweaty. Your, Your voice, voice is, is rising. Up. Getting higher, higher." <laughs> Projection. My uh, name is Corey. <laughs> yeah. Corey does not handle pressure at all whatsoever. Oh, no. Corey would crack under interrogation in the first 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Corey would be like the beating weenie yeah. casserole had been in his intestines all day. Yep. Now we get to the, uh, we get back to Chubby's and uh, we get to our real last scene of the, of being at Chubby's and dating mm-hmm. this episode. And you have uh, Stacy trying to get a salad ordered at Chubby's and Chubby just not having it. You greasy, greasy man. You have all the ingredients. Why yes. can't you just toss me a salad? <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's not wrong. No. And that's kind of the whole mafia-esque of Chubby's ear. Like, this is weird. You're not at the sizzler. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, orders uh, Turkey Chubby again with everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just like, he's like, I'm not greasy. I glow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but wait, I don't even like turkey. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's yeah, okay. It's not really turkey anyway. <laughs> Wonder what it is. I'm afraid to ask at a rat hole. Yep. Uh, but uh, let's just say that Corey starts doing the same thing, trying to convince her that Sean's a good guy. He gets nervous. He doesn't always know how to talk to girls. Mm-hmm. And uh, ends up sitting beside her to convince her. Even holding and her hand. What should happen? Linda. Linda, right? Turning around would only confirm that it's Linda. (laughs) Yes, Linda comes in and let's hear their interaction because I don't think you and I could do it justice. Linda, it's so nice to see you. Want to join us? Well, I'd hate to interrupt. What, this? This is nothing. It means nothing. I only sat next to Stacy and took her nothing hand to tell her she should keep going out with Sean. Yeah, all he talked about was Sean. Really? Did he also show you how to order? Yeah, he did. No, see, she was standing in the Shows you how to order, gets you all cozy in the booth, talks about Sean, and then boom, he makes his move. Is that what you were doing? No, I I couldn't. I don't have moves. I don't have boom. (laughs) He did this to you, too? Yeah, it's a whole routine. You think he's so nice. I am nice. He looks so innocent. I'm a newborn lamb. (laughs) (laughs) And then he snakes you away from Sean. Oh, poor Sean. What? Hey, guys. 
Sean, you poor baby. Are you kidding me? Hey, that's my poor baby. <laughs> What's going on here, Corey? Nothing good for me. Your so-called friend here has been trying to snake your girlfriends behind your back. He pretends to build you up and then he makes his move. No move. Hardly at all. None to her. Maybe a little over there. Corey, Corey, Corey. I'm a little lamb. Did uh, <laughs> him try to throw bits out? To, I don't know. See if the girls will start laughing, maybe. But just I'm a lamb. Oh yeah. But oh, it folds so quickly. Oh. It does, and I like that uh, the girls are trying to comfort Sean because his friend has been so horrible to him. Especially after Stacy and Sean clearly were incompatible, just the two mm-hmm. of them by themselves. <laughs> the jig is up. Clear, they both seen Corey try to build Sean up and try to uh, push them on Sean, and Stacy or Linda, for her part, has seen him talk Sean up, and then. From her perspective, has seen him put the move on her, the moves on her, and uh, yeah. And then Sean walks in and everything just breaks loose. <laughs> everything blows up for Corey. <laughs> like, but not for Sean right away. Sean's greeted with love and kindness and warmth. Oh, yes. I love that. No move. None for her. None here. Maybe a little there. <laughs> But in fairness, again, Corey is probably unintentionally hitting on Stacy. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what you and I have talked about previously of confidence. Mm-hmm. Corey has shown these moments of being in control of situations that confidence, you know, turned these girls head and notice Corey. Yeah. I mean, he was when he was talking with uh, with Linda in the hallway, he quote unquote saved her from Roy he was so focused on uh, telling her what her good qualities were that had Sean interested in her that he himself was interested in anyway that he wasn't even thinking about being nervous himself uh, when he's talking with Stacy about Sean now granted this is out of desperation wanting to get Stacy and Sean back together, but it comes across as being earnest. And his his confidence is there at the forefront, even if in the back of his head he's just trying to get out of the way. How many guys can articulate, especially in middle school, high school, of uh, how do I say this? Um actually giving girls compliments. Well, thoughtful, meaningful, nice compliments. Very few. Right. And and the things that Corey says to both the girls are not shallow. He basically just looks at both of them and goes, well, why wouldn't X person think this way about you or have these feelings towards you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean- really, <laughs> if, if, if Corey and Sean had thought about it for more than five seconds, both of them or not, or, you know, could have had either one of them. Mm-hmm. If they didn't act, for lack of better words, like scum. Yes. So Sean asks the girls to give them a moment. They do, of course, being tender with Sean on the way out. And uh, Sean and Corey have their little conversation. And uh, I clip this because, you know, 
you got to listen in. Corey, I asked you a simple favor. Yeah, you thought I was safe, didn't you? You thought I was bubble wrap. Well, I am not safe. I am your most dangerous friend. You like Linda? Yeah, I do. Corey, that was not part of the plan. Well, maybe I don't fit into your safe little plan. Maybe that first day you came up to me in the hallway and said, Corey, babysit Linda for me until I break up with Stacy. I should have just said no, but I was stupid. Well, I'll tell you something, pal. I'm never going to be that stupid again. Both of them, right? <laughs> I turn around, they're both going to be there. Yes, they are. Linda, Stacy, we thought you left. Boy, we really thought you left. I forgot my purse. Wasn't that lucky? Oh, yes, very lucky. Here you go. Thank you. Ah! What about him? Ah! Which one of you two is sleazier? He is! It was your idea. Yeah, well, you went behind my back. And that's because I really liked her. Well, I really liked them both. You two are... are... Scum! You treat us like objects, not people. You're right. I'm real, real sorry. I just hope we can put this whole thing behind us and start fresh, okay? Corey, I'll thumb wrestle you for Linda. It may have been going so far towards mending fences until that last comment of I'll thumb wrestle you for Linda. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the thing is all Sean and Corey had to do was say, you know, Corey and Linda have a real genuine connection and maybe Sean and Stacy need to try this again. Mm hmm. And they could have both walked away having girlfriends. But instead, they're now both back to Chase and Debbie. Yeah. And uh, don't don't get me wrong, good looking people. Um, What Corey did is not great. Agreeing to be Tupperware for Sean as he tried to play both girls Um, especially trying to play both girls and not letting either one know that one was on deck and one was uh, on the field, so to speak. Um, Corey, Corey is completely complicit in that plan, but I do feel a little bit sorry for him because in the process he did find a real connection and he did want to pursue an actual relationship and he did try to salvage that. So I, I do feel a little bit bad for him, but he he wasn't exactly honorable and all that. But I do feel like a little bit of I do feel a little sorrow for him. Yeah, but you know, Sean is now essentially just chasing Debbie until he finds her. I miss Stacy and Linda. Debbie and Debbie. <laughs> there is no Debbie. <laughs> Then how come I miss her so much? Because you're nuts. No, of course, because he's broken and he needs to fill his hole with something. His heart hole. <laughs> yes. I'm getting tired. <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> I was actually sitting here and I kind of closed my eyes for a minute and I could start to feel my mic move. I'm like, you need to stay awake. <laughs> Well, the boys have a little bit of a heart-to-heart at the end. They're at the table in Chubby's, and they close with a little bit of recognition here. So what you're saying is I lose my first girlfriend, but my best friend finally begins to respect me? Yeah. I'll take it. I, I, 
And say, I love this moment because it's just nice to see mm-hmm. that Sean is acknowledging him almost as a little bit more of an equal than he was before. Yeah. He's never going to trust him with a girl again like that. As he shouldn't. Yes. And as none oh of God. you in the listening audience ever should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, what Sean did I have an was, idea, Brett. was horrible. These, these guys should just treat girls like human beings. Yes. <laughs> and then they'll have less issues. Yes. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. In Sean and Corey's yes. case, they won beatings from a purse and the entire restaurant calling them scum and calling them out on their stupidity and their heartlessness. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and so it, it's a great moment between these two where Sean realizes that Corey is not just... You realize that up to this point, he's kind of as much of a great friend as he's been and he sees Corey. He still has kind of looked down on him a little bit. Well, we move into the tag of this episode and it's it's a beauty. We're at the dealership where uh, Alan wants to return the van. Yep. And the car guy is wondering, what's the problem? Is anything wrong with it? And it's when Amy starts to say that uh, Alan uh, bought the car without talking to her about it first and wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. So someone interpret that someone else was at a point in their life that they were not at a point at. <laughs> mm-hmm. This car dealer. What kind of car dealer are you? <laughs> I don't like to use uh... that word. <laughs> Uh, I like. Yeah. He goes. Now tell me about Amy. Not the Amy uh, the world sees, but the inner Amy. Because <laughs> well, I've always felt I wasn't just a mother or a wife. <laughs> so we have a therapist car dealer who wants to schedule multi weeks worth of therapy before they can even get to buying the car, which is Alan's worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. It's just so funny. He's like, I give you the money, you give me the car. That's our relationship. <laughs> and they're both, you know, Amy's like, well, I'm free Tuesday. I'm good Tuesday. And he goes, I'm good Tuesday, Alan. Ah, Tuesday, I guess. <laughs> Tuesday's fine with me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a fun tag. <laughs> and kind a of a just, just desserts for Alan, I guess, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what happens when you come in with so much cocky energy. And cocky energy and not proper communication. You need someone to to get you back in that in that groove there. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. They were not communicating with each other. Yes. If you decide to go buy a vehicle without your wife, and she is clearly unhappy about that. Oh, oh yes, yes. And just briefly, uh, Lenny Wolp is this car dealer. Only time we'll see him at Boy Meets World. 54 other acting credits. Ellie Law, Murphy Brown, Who's the Boss, Married with Children, Step by Step, uh, ER, The King of Queens, Law and Order SVU, The Good Fight, several others. But uh, he, he brought a nice little closure to this episode. And that is the beard. That is the beard. Yes. So, Tyler, I believe that you have some deep dives for us. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? 
So I'll start, start with the phrase, the beard urban dictionary there are there are several ways of describing someone potentially as a beard but also there is reference to the facial hair uh, in urban dictionary not just uh, people but one of the versions of this is a someone that is using someone else to hide feelings or not feelings basically to say someone is your beard is not that inaccurate it's not as far off as as we may think it to be look into ferrari just a little bit ferrari itself as company is an italian luxury sports car manufacturer based in i cannot pronounce that but italy marinello italy Sure. Founded by Enzo Ferrari, who lived from 1898 to 1988. It's a pretty nice long live life. In 1939, from the Alfa Romeo Racing Division as an automotive avio Costarini company built its first car in 1940 and produced its first Ferrari badge car in 1947. Essentially, the best way to put it is Ferrari is a very fancy, very hard car to get and or drive. Now, we move into minivans. Minivan is a car classified as a vehicle designed to transport passengers in the rear seating row with reconfigurable seats in two or three rows. The equivalent classification in Europe is an MPV, a multi-purpose vehicle. In uh, Southeast Asia, the equivalent classification is a uh, Asia Asian utility vehicle. So either way, it's some sort of utility vehicle. Compared to full-size vans, uh, most minivans based on passenger car platform and have a lower body. Early models such as the Ford Aerostar and Chevy Astro utilize a compact pickup truck platform minivans often have a one box or two box body configuration a higher roof flat uh, floor and slide doors for rear passenger and high h-point seating the largest size of minivan also referred to as a large MPV uh, becomes popular from the introduction of the 1984 Dodge Caravan Renovolt Escape. Typically, these platforms derive from the D segmented uh, passenger class and compact pickup since the 1990s the smaller compact mpv and the mini mpv size in minivans have also become popular i did correspond with our uh, educator expert our teacher extraordinaire sorry that's the phrasing i was looking for basically she said uh, passing notes do teenagers still pass notes and she told me that at this point they just have a google doc that they all communicate in fun fact i definitely had some kids get in trouble for not taking care of their google doc and some people writing inappropriate things on it and have the school having to investigate who wrote these inappropriate things so couples therapy (laughs) i'm not sure if we'll actually get to couples therapy at any point after this uh, because apparently that's what alan amy are going to be doing at the dealership over the past couple next weeks so uh, couples therapy is a form of psychotherapy also known as talk therapy a licensed therapist with clinical experience often a licensed marriage and family therapist lmft uh, works with a couple in romantic relationships some of the areas 
that they may have some focus on is a focus on specific problems, sexual difficulties, inter- internet addictions, intimacy and jealousy, active participation as a couple, couples treats the relationship as one rather than everyone separately, solutions focused change-oriented interventions early on in the treatment, clear estimate of objectives. So essentially, it's just saying, hey, whatever problems you have, you bring them there. Your therapist will sit down and, and talk about with a we of what can we do to figure out these things. And we'll give assignments and tasks of things to do and complete. And then also, they want to make sure that there's clear of, okay, well, what do we need to do or see in order to stop coming here you know how to get open communication according to the inter- the website i'm on talkspace is couples therapy uh, worth the time and effort studies show it is research conducted by uh, the american association of marriage and family found that 97 of surveyed couples believe uh, they got the help they needed from couples therapy. In addition, 93% of couples said that therapy gave them more effective tools to deal uh, with conflict. Now, in the 90th percentile is pretty darn good. You know, we could say that we're off by a couple here and there. Primarily when it comes to couples therapy, we only ever hear about that and like dire consequences, dire strain when things are really, really bad. But if you think about who needs couples therapy, basically, if you're in a relationship, uh, whether you're gay or straight, you definitely qualify to have therapy. Interracial relationships, uh, young teens or college relationship, relationship with a significantly insignificant age gap or relationships at any stages dating engaged or married just basically go in for a checkup here and there if you feel like you need it and honest to goodness sometimes there's a part of me that's like it'd just be nice to be able to have someone that we can keep talking to on a weekly basis that would tell us you know hey here's how you can improve your communication skills because there's always room to improve in your communication skills let's get to the controversial thing that we have to get into all because uh sean makes a joke brett JFK, did he have a special friendship, let's call it, with Marilyn Monroe, in your opinion? Uh, Honestly, I don't know. There's evidence that say he very likely did, but I tend not to focus too much on other people's marriages, so I've never really put too much effort into not to sound too crass, but into caring. So I will give the information that I have, including an article from the Times or from the time. And uh, also from a poll that I put out in a group uh, from a different podcast that I, I listen to. But it's a pretty active group. So I figured, hey, if I throw out this poll, these are people that have opinions and they have no problem sharing them. So let's just see what they have to say. Uh, One of the hosts actually did comment on it, so that was exciting. 90% of this poll, um, about 86 people said uh, 100% JFK had an affair with Marilyn Monroe. Several people even had made comments about how, didn't his brothers too? And then 9% or 9 votes said uh, no. Or no, not no, just said, who's to say? (laughs) 
the actual podcast host of the of the podcast that uh, I like to listen to, and this person uh, is on many podcasts. So, and also I quite enjoy uh, her her stuff. She's actually a comedian, but anyway, basically she had just said like uh, there is apparently evidence based on FBI and CIA uh, proving that yes, um, they did have some sort of relationship. Basically, like yeah. Like, there's not, like, physical proof of it, but in all the dossiers about them, she is considered a hmm, confidentiality, let's go with that, risk for the president, uh, which is why a lot of people think that she was murdered. Here's my thing. Um, Basically, just random people on the internet said... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep, they definitely had an affair, um, which is also uh, what basically what Sean Hunter is going off of as well with his little comment. From what I was gathering online, um, and this article really helped me figure that out as well, outside of what people have said on the internet, for lack of better wording, and the of people claiming of what either Marilyn Monroe has said or people have said on behalf of the Kennedy brothers, there is no physical evidence that the two of them were a thing. However, yes, in some law enforcement, FBI, CIA, yes, they could have considered her someone of potential interest who could hurt the president it's either one of those things where yes it for sure happened and they were just trying to keep it quiet because respect of president respect to her who both passed away or it's just that we really like making stories out of nothing and i just keep thinking about what happened with topanga and this this poor girl of just her her reputation getting ruined and i can't help but think about marilyn monroe and how people have treated her over the years and and continuing uh, of jokes being na- made in her name um you know i even think about someone like a monica lewinsky you know, someone who forever is viewed in a certain light and cannot get away from that. You know, these these things that either yes, for sure happen or maybe is just a rumor can still wreck and hurt someone's reputation in their lives. Um, and just how we are so willing to say, yep, that's probably a thing or that's that's real. That's 100 percent a thing. So and, and I'll. I'll add to this. Um, I do not spend a lot of time or energy thinking about a lot of people's uh, marital dalliances, extra marital dalliances, whether or not they do happen. Because honestly, they don't affect my family. They don't affect my community. And that's between them and their families. In the context of what you just brought up with uh, with how it can impact especially uh, a Topanga or a Marilyn or a Monica, it is always best, especially in the area of rumors, to not spread them, to not speak of what you do not know. 
to not bring up what you do not have evidence of and to not share what is not needed to be shared. And in the uh, aspect of people in positions of authority who are making decisions for uh, communities, for states, for countries, if you cannot be trusted to honor the agreements and the commitments you have made to your spouse, to your family, why should we count on you to honor the commitments you have made to your office, to the people you serve? And in that instance, yes, the people you serve should be aware that you have stepped out on your spouse because that informs directly whether or not you should be trusted morally and ethically. Does that mean we need to know the details? No. Does that even mean that we even need to know who? No. But all of those together, I, I never spent a lot of time thinking specifically about JFK and Marilyn Monroe. I grew up right smack dab in the area of of Clinton and Monica. So that's always been right there. Um, lost a whole didn't don't know that I had I was not very into politics at the time. So I don't know that I had a whole lot of respect for Bill Clinton at the time, but lost a lot of respect for him that I might have had to begin with ahead of time. So might have actually had negative respect for him afterwards. I mean, I was a teenager at the time. I wasn't very political, wasn't very politically minded. We were a very different breed of teenagers in the 90s. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gen X, a little bit different in politics at that point. But yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of the times, the women in these situations, whether they were coerced into it, whether they went into it willingly, they tend to be the, the ones that take the brunt of it. In our society, it's just something that, it's that double standard that they, you know, we saw it a couple of weeks back in Wake Up Little Cory. And that honestly, that's wrong. And that's something that we, every individual that can do something about that to speak out against it needs to. And hopefully with each voice rising up in concert, that will change the tide eventually. So there's my soapbox. So anyway, Brett, I think we should get to what we learned this week. I think we should, too. So here's our theme song. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? Well, Brett, what did you uh, learn this week? Well, I think we kind of covered all the Sean and Corey stuff. So my learning, my lesson is going to be taking a cue from Alan's book. Um... Keep the communication lines open with your wife, even if she seems to have communicated everything to you about what she wants. There is a time for listening and a time for action and learn when those mm -hmm. differences are. I, I learned those pretty early and learned how to read those. I still make the mistake now and then, but mm -hmm. be active in learning. And if you're not in a relationship like that yet, learn now so that you can save yourself some bumps down the road. Keep those communication lines open. What did you learn, Tyler? Well, to quote Alan Matthews, you're looking for some advice on girls? So am I. Uh. <laughs> uh.
you know, I'm going to take a different approach this week. We didn't hear a whole lot from Feeney and or Turner, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think my my lesson this week is just because I'm involved in someone's life, like a young person, doesn't mean I need to be involved in all of their life. Because mm. clearly, I think Feeney knew something was going on with Corey. And instead of <laughs> taking time to be like, I'm going to have to have to help him deal with this, he was just... Put your head down. <laughs> it's nap time. I don't need like, to be the one like, involved all the time. I, I don't need to get involved in this can of worms. It's some. Mm. It's someone else's problem. I like that. Um, <laughs> it, it, it is healthy to not take on every single issue and problem in a teenager's life because they're they're always mm-hmm. going to have something else going on. And you know, to any of the teenagers out there that I I work with, if you're listening to this, I love you. I can't solve all your problems for you. But I, I'm willing mm-hmm. to be here and help you and support you. But at some point, I'm going to have to tell you, put your head down. It's nap time. <laughs> <laughs> it's nap time. <laughs> I like it. Well, what would you grade this episode, Brett? Uh, I'm going to give this one an A-. minus. Uh, I feel like uh, it set out. It did what it set out to do. Um, I don't like the some of the some of the way that that things played out um uh, you know not not just story wise but just some of the way that the things just kind of fell into place but i like uh-huh. that Corey and sean both learned not just for themselves but about each other um I like that Alan learned a lesson, even though he thought he had everything in in hand, and even though he had ninety five percent of everything he needed, that five percent of communication, and that he had some uh, uh, he, he had some work to do in the end. Um, but I do wish that we could have seen those girls show up more later on. And uh, so yeah, a minus. What about you, Tyler? Well, I don't want to copy you for a third week in a row but i mean i I gotta also go with an a minus um this is just a really really good episode um it's one of those episodes even though we're missing topanga she would just be in the way and so Mm -hmm. it's a great episode um you know probably the the only real reason is an a minus instead of being an a or an a plus it is just for the reasons you give you know these girls kind of show up and then they leave um again that's kind of part of the style of the show that we're into mm-hmm. but uh, you know these boys learn something on their own they have to take the time together and Corey leans on his brother a little bit more mm-hmm. um you know, there's not really much going on with the adults that uh, we really see besides Alan being a little too uh, uppity for his britches. Um, <laughs> I think it's just the fact that uh, it's such a bad plan is going to blow up in their face so quickly. It's proof. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like there's just that cringe to this episode. You're like, we just we don't have to do this, guys. Just. Mm-hmm. Tell the girls what's going on. Yeah. Uh, well. That's, that's not the first time we're going to say that, though. No. <laughs> but that's seventh grade boys for you. Not yeah. always thinking. Well, it's, that's young men in general for you. Yes, it is. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, Brett, I think that's been an episode. That has, but I want a dad joke. <laughs> well, you're going to have to wait a minute. Do we have any more emails? We do not. Our email Dang. box is uh, silent this week. So we'd love to hear more from you. Um, we'd love to hear from you at dadsmeetworld at gmail.com. And uh, whether this makes it on air or not, I do know that the uh, shirt made its way to our first email recipient. It was delivered safely. Yes. Uh, she has worn it uh, once or twice already. Excellent. Very proudly displaying it for us. All right. <laughs> I ordered a chicken and an egg online. I'll let you know what comes first. <laughs> That one's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> and with that good-looking people, it is time to say goodbye. You can follow us online yes. at all of our social media channels, at Dad's Meat World, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Yes, tweet, tweet. We're even on there before it all blows up. We don't have a blue check mark, though. Sorry. No, we're not paying the $8 for that. Sorry. <laughs> we're a not-for-profit podcast. We don't even have sponsors. Not yet. Hashtag not yet. But if you want to sponsor us, talk to us. Yeah, seriously. Sponsor us. We'll That's talk about right. it. That's right. So, we'll sell just about anything right now, within reason. Yes. As long as you uh, let us try the product first. My hosiery is bunching up. <laughs> so I got a little more gravelly there. My hosiery is bunching up. <laughs> it's like hosiery. <laughs> well, Tyler, until next time, I'll see you good looking. See you good looking. You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. One of their songs was uh, a lot of fun. Wow, that's getting cut out because I can't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. No problem. Somewhere there's a Debbie. <laughs> Somewhere there's a Debbie. <laughs> oh, Sean. You oh. simple, simple boy. There we go. Uh, we're in the... Uh, uh, the... Uh, Oh my goodness. Dealership. Oh, what exactly did she say? What exactly did I ask? Let me double check that. <laughs> well, Brett, what did you uh, learn this week? Hey. Hey. Be nice. Hey.